do you take fish oil tablets? Well, stop. Here are some interesting facts about fish oil tablets. So I just want to ask us both here, who has actually taken fish oil tablets? I actually have some at home right now. I haven't taken some, but I, I have it at home. I've never. You've never? Good. Kelly is going to live a long life. I knew it. Okay. No. Again, full disclaimer, this is just exaggeration purposes. However, there's a lot of fish oil tanker companies that have been making up things about their products to increase their sales. Overall, about 74% of more than 2,800 supp supplements that were examined had labels that made at least one health claim. And only out of those 2,800, only 19% included a U.S. Food and Drug Administration, FDA, reviewed qualified health claim. So out of these, all of these supplements, only about 19% are actually reviewed and honest and real. So what does that mean about us that have been taking these supplements? Notably, 20% of adults older than 60 years old take fish oil supplements for heart health, despite the fact that multiple randomized trials show no cardiovascular benefits. And in fact, even cardio cardiologists agree that the claim made the claims made by fish oil are meaningless and people should invest money instead into actual things that should help with that should help, like fresh vegetables, a workout regimen, or cholesterol medication. So in the end, fish oil, although it has these crazy claims made by these big um, companies that f manufacture fish oil in large quantities, the, f the claim that they make, only 19% of them are true. Wait, so fish oil doesn't help with like memory? Because I, I know like it helps with your I memory. No, unless if, it's, unless if you find a fish oil that is approved by FDA for the claim that it's making, I would not take it. Okay. Because it's like... These a lot again a lot of stuff in pharmaceutical companies their um their main goal is to make money and they will make money just like snake oil snake oil was there to make money didn't care how what they put into them as long as they made the money that's what mattered and they can say whatever they want about it really just my, uh, a big FYI to viewers making sure you're only taking things or making sure you're only taking pills that are prescribed by a doctor and if you're taking stuff that isn't over the counter making sure you make sure that those are FDA approved and has a claim that one benefits you and two that is um actually reviewed and passed by the FDA. So, so much collateral enthusiasm caused the first first fish oil to be culturally acceptable as a heart disease prevention rather than the real heartbreaker it is. So it just doesn't do anything? Well, I would say uh, it, it doesn't really complete the claims it makes, okay. since the claim is to help hearts. Ah, I see. It doesn't really complete that claim. It's a fraud. More or less. All right. But they can, they, no one can sue them that it's a fraud because it's not licensed by the FDA. If it was licensed by the FDA and it was still a fraud, then they could sue them. And that's what it's important for you guys to realize what is FDA approved and what isn't. Hey guys, my name is Michelle. I'm Doreen. And I'm Kelly. And we're the team behind The Weekly Dosage. More than 60% of children in the foster care system end up abused, kidnapped, and human trafficked. And so much so that many orphans have even told many couples who are thinking of adopting them to not adopt. And this was like really confusing to me at first because like that's the whole point of you know the foster care system is to adopt people. So how come these children and teens and adults are saying, please don't adopt me. I am I'd rather I'd rather just stay here instead. Then the orphans would explain that a lot of the children in the foster care half of the time won't even be orphans. That a lot of them were kidnapped and taken away from their families and sold to the foster care system. What? Yep. Okay, okay. 
so you're telling me that these children, instead of going to a safe place, like they're being treated like animals or like even worse, like objects, just sold. Like, like that's that sounds so dehumanizing. Like yep. that's such a dehumanizing term for and children. Yes. So children would rather be in the foster care system, and that's crazy to me because the foster care system is so messed up as we know it. It is. Mm-hmm. So now that you're hearing this, it's like it just makes it even worse. That yes. Yeah, I can't even. I can't even believe it because that's the entire point of the foster care system is to get them out of those dangerous situations. Yeah, and it's actually the thing that might be causing a lot of the problems. Yeah, and like just before, when you guys first think of foster care system, like obviously what comes to mind, you know, a loving house, you know, with like yeah. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is hopefully, hopefully the people that are running behind us are doing you know, good security checks to making sure these children are actually going to go to homes that love them and, and care for them and pr- support their basic needs, but it mm-hmm. doesn't sound like that's happening. Yep. Yeah, the first thing that comes to my mind when I think of foster care is Annie, the movie, and oh, we all know that that didn't have a very good ending, so... I actually don't know what happened to Annie, but... What? Um, that's, not, that's besides the point. You know, I think of a safe and a supportive community aimed to help children find a loving home, However, this is, isn't the case as one out of three children report abuse by a worker or a patient. Children in group homes are 28% more likely to be abused and in the foster care system, four times likely to be sexually assaulted. Researchers at a New Jersey foster care system reported that no assurances can be given that any foster child in the state is safe. No assurances. For what state? New Jersey. Oh my God. Yes. And this problem is all over America, and you can only blame the states for this type of neglect on children. Mm -hmm. With many of the states being found guilty of failing to protect foster children in their care, specifically by failing to respond to allegations of sexual abuse and have paid out huge cash settlements to victims to keep them quiet. Over 18,000 children disappear every year and under the care of social services. But will the social services look for them? Absolutely not. A lot of them will fall on the grid and end up in the black markets as many as slaves, maybe sexually or for labor. Mm-hmm. And a lot more of them won't even show up on the missing National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Mm-hmm. It got so bad that a whole bill was passed mm-hmm. in 2014 that made it a requirement for state agencies to report a child missing under 24 hours, which was a surprise because I thought that was already a thing. Mm-hmm. 2014, are you kidding me? Like, I feel like that should have already had a, like, existed, pre-existed. Look, it's just, it's so obvious, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's, it's, I don't know about you, but that doesn't just sound super messed up. It's, it's really creepy. The law is something that should have already happened. And while it helps, it's only the first step in this serious matter. Mm-hmm. There's an Arizona law that states that after six months, the missing child's case will be closed. And that after child, how many months? six months. And it's a child too of all of all people. And can we talk about how children, like especially in like in human trafficking situations, are gone for more than six months? Yes. So yes. once the t- once the clock is done ticking, they're pretty much never going to be found again. Exactly. Or all yeah. hope is lost. Yeah, I've read um, a lot of books about like trafficking and stuff like that, and a lot of the times they're like gone for a year above year but they can still be like rescued and found like you can't just give up they're still there they're still alive exactly like they're not gone i just want to like see how they even go about doing this did they just start putting the taking the posters down and like just 
do people just slowly start stops thinking about this? I mean, how can you like just do that? You know what I, I mean? Yeah. And how can, how can you forget about a child? Exactly. This doesn't just prove the negligence of the state, but give kidnappers and traffickers a green light in their illegal activities. Mm-hmm. Because if they can keep a child hidden for six months, then they're in the clear. You know. And we've seen the reason behind this neglect. Now let's see how children are affected by it. While sexual assault can and abuse can be seen through bruises, illnesses, neglect can be seen as easily. And a lot of the times, people believe that sexual assault and abuse are more detrimental, but studies have shown that oftentimes neglect can be even more detrimental to children's early brain development, yeah. which makes sense since they aren't, you know, as uh, their, full, their brain isn't fully developed, mm-hmm. and you know they're a child, an orphan. It's just so much mental toll. Yeah, especially with children, like especially under like 15, they need like adults there to guide them. And if they're being trafficked, then they're just not getting that experience and that real like connection with adults that they're supposed to have, and they're not having as many bonds as they're supposed to have. And it's just overall is bad for development. Exactly. And especially, actually, I mean. Especially, I was watching this YouTube video of a French study that was done in the 1970s of, of uh, they had like two different children, like a, a baby, well, babies, like babies around one to two years old. And they studied the um, these, the behaviors of, ch- of babies that had been ab- abused, neglected, mm-hmm. and babies that hadn't been. And the babies that were like a neg- neglected or abused, they were like prompted, both all the babies were prompted to play with toys, but the babies that were neglected and abused, they were like scared. They would look at the person and they didn't feel like they could play until they were given permission. Or, mm-hmm. or they didn't whenever someone came up to them to like hug them or like carry them yeah. they would steer away because they immediately like it changes your brain chemicals it does instead of re- your brain releasing serotonin when someone's hugging you it will release a different a different um hormone such as cortisol or something else that just uh, that triggers stress and fear exactly yeah and neglect can can't all it's not always seen like through physical means like not feeding them food yeah. or like verbally abusing them it's something small like that you know not giving them like physical touch things like that like that is all under the category of neglect especially in the healthcare system i mean the foster care system however it can yeah i already said that it's very hard to define neglect especially in the foster system which is why a lot of children go unreported of neglect because yeah. many states laws and doctors they just can't agree on mm-hmm. what defines neglect it's very different under those categories and while this makes sense depending on their age there are some clear indications of what neglect is to children that goes unreported or ignored it just it makes sense like like it's kind of clear that that is neglect and that isn't you know and this is kind of i know we talked a little bit about human trafficking but i'm just gonna go a little bit more into that more than 60 percent of children in the foster care system end up abused kidnapped and trafficked the problem ranges from inside the workers in foster care to outside the families who adopt and many orphans have even told the couples who are thinking of adopting to not adopt. And even if a lot of people try to adopt through legal systems, you know, fair and square, in a way they're still buying a person. I mean, yeah. I've always thought that like the whole system of going into the foster care system, looking at, at the child that just you that you like the most and picking and choosing who you like and who you don't like, bringing them back home, seeing how they are, you know, and then if you don't like them, you just send them back. I mean, it's just, and let, let me just say that, like, um, to adopt a child, it's very expensive. You yeah. know, it's really expensive. And it's like you're putting a price tag on a kid. Yeah. And I, I just, like, my heart just goes to them because it's like, like, you're already on this, in this difficult position, and now you, 
I was just, you, do you understand no, what I'm saying? I feel like adoption should be, if anything, it should be completely free because I think, I think there's a lot of parents out there. I mean, adoption should be completely accessible to anybody. I mean, obviously, to pe- people that are struggling financially should not um, should not be able to adopt a child because it would put a more stress on the family and the child mm-hmm. but to parents that do have the, have the ability to take care of another child it should be completely accessible to them yep. you know there, there should be no barriers barriers stopping and especially there should be no barriers stopping a child from being chosen I feel like a lot of times the children that aren't chosen are the children that are like in their late teens but they also need loving homes it's not only the babies or like the or like the perfect babies that were just like dropped off like mm-hmm. the neglected ones the, the older ones everyone needs to find a family to be loved by yeah i feel like in the adoption system a lot of times kids older than five are neglected mm-hmm. severely because lots of people will choose babies that they can raise as their own quote-unquote mm-hmm. and that's why a lot of these kids aren't being chosen because they've already had so much life experience mm-hmm. and the parents or adults don't want to deal with that. They don't want to deal with the trauma that they might have and other so, things like that and mm-hmm. health conditions. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. And we're not saying not to go adopt yeah. because, you know, like that's that's just the, that's the whole point of the foster care system. We're just saying that to be really cautious of this, mm-hmm. just really take this into heart, take this into the consideration that you're going in there and you're not just playing with... Um, uh, you're playing with a person here, a person with feelings and emotions and things like that, like an actual human being. I'm going to go a little bit deeper into why a lot of these orphans um, tell the people coming in to adopt them that they shouldn't. It's because, they, they, again, they aren't orphans. They have their own families. They have their own lives. They were kidnapped, human trafficked, and put into this foster care system for the pure um, reason to be profited off of. And, I, and I'm telling, like, people, these children from different countries have been kidnapped from from, their, from that country and then brought into a completely different one. And they've been placed into this foster care system. And I don't know for how long. You know, I, I really, I have no idea. And that's, again, going back to the beginning as to why a lot of them uh, end up missing in this national, like, um, children missing. Missing Children's List? Yes, that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how after six months, they just they, they just stopped looking for these kids. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like, they, they go so unreported. It's because, like, the foster care, and in a way, the foster care system, it's like it's such a big gateway to human trafficking because mm-hmm. it's so easy. It's in plain sight, yet no one does anything about it mm-hmm. because if you, if you go against it, you don't know who is an actual orphan and who isn't because people are like I don't want to be here take me away from here and then some are like like you know what I mean yeah and it's 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 really complicated and that's why and that that's what makes this even like harder to comprehend Mm -hmm. is because it's there's so much factors that go into it I'm gonna think about this way is on top of that like people the people who hold well a lot of people might ask well why don't you look at the children's records why don't you see like where do they came from where what what like what's their origin story like sorry like like where have they originated from exactly all those records are being held by literally quite the people that are taking these children as well like the the records can be easily manipulated in the wrong hands and they are Mm -hmm. in a lot of times in the wrong hands and on top of that i mean what dayreen literally just talked about is that's quite at its core child trafficking like taking of children use a usage of children manipulation of children to make a profit and it's just it's utterly disgusting that it's happening and that people aren't like 
I mean, I'm just glad that we're bringing more, especially Davine did research on this topic to like bring this more to light because it's not really in the light. And I, I mean, I didn't know about this beforehand. And, you know, now we do. Yeah, I just wanted to point out that these things do happen a lot, but the adoption system isn't all this. Like, because I know many people who have been adopted and who, like, as babies or even as, like, little toddlers who, like, in my family who have been, like, successfully raised, like, they're successful now, like, brought into a loving family who came from a really bad family. And it's not always going to turn out like in this evil way that we've kind of been talking about it adoption can be a very beautiful and nurturing thing but it's because of some of these organizations and some of these groups that make it like bad and make some children have these negative outcomes based on the foster care system that's a really good point kelly thank you and again we we're not like trying to say don't 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 um adopt you know we're not trying to say that there are some good to it but it's also really it's needed to see that there is some bad to it as mm -hmm. well and that's all we're kind of you know talking about here today and you know with that i just i, I hope you guys kind of learn a little bit more about the adoption and the foster care system and just take this with precaution all right guys welcome to the best section the tips and tricks of our podcast so i don't know about you guys but me personally i would chop off my left arm for a photographic memory i already have i'm just kidding i don't i don't i don't i don't i don't i don't i wish i wish although i wouldn't go as far to chop off an arm and a leg it, it shouldn't cost an arm and a leg I, i'm sorry I, I, I would too yeah we all know we all know michelle would we all know we all would should the opportunity be given to us but so a lot of you probably know photographic memory is you basically you see something you see a piece of paper and you can memorize everything that's on it word for word it's literally photography like it's like you're looking at a picture inside your brain i am not the best at explaining it because i don't have it unfortunately but my life would be so much easier all of our lives would be so much easier no more studying no more forgetting about things that happened you could win so many arguments. No many. Um, no, no, no longer am I going to forget Michelle's birthday. Oh, oh wow! My gosh. <laughs> yeah, no more of those little mishaps. So, if you are like me, and if you're like clearly Dayreen, and you have a normal brain, then listen up because I'm about to change your life for the better. And here we go. So today's tips and tricks is about the best ways to memorize something if you are not blessed with a photographic memory. And if you are blessed with a photographic memory, no one cares. You can oh leave this podcast. Um, you're not welcome. Whoa, Thanks. whoa, whoa. We don't want to lose listeners, please. <laughs> you are welcome, but just know. So far. We're, we're secretly jealous yeah, of you. Yeah, you have a photographic memory, just like click, and then you'll know all of our information we're about to say. <laughs> That's like, that's like future predicting. Never that's mind. Like, okay, don't listen to Michelle. All right. So on this podcast, we talk a lot about ways to build good memory, like Dayreen was talking about with fish oil and build memory. Huh? That was me? Oh, that was Michelle. Really? She does not have that's a podcast. <laughs> she just, I'm so sorry. That was 20 she minutes ago. Oh, <laughs> it was sorry. 20 minutes ago, and I didn't remember. Okay, anyways, like Michelle was talking about, um, different ways to strengthen your brain and build a good memory. 
which I clearly need. But what if you just need to remember something like short term or long term? So if that's the question you are wondering, this is for you. So I'm sure lots of you've heard this before, but the best way to memorize something is with repetition. Oh, I agree. That one's really Repetition useful. is what all your teachers tell you to do, like do flashcards, just look at your notes over and over again. And um, listen to this podcast, listen to this podcast, listen to this podcast. <laughs> listen, your weekly dosage, weekly dosage, weekly dosage. Although I got to say, though, I think that repetition is very helpful for short-term memory only. Because why? Yeah. Because I know that short Okay. Why are you fingering my finger? <laughs> okay, short-term memory is very good, especially for... Um, like things that you need to memorize for say a test in a few days and you don't care about actually learning the material then be prepared to forget it all after yeah repetition works but for the short term so uh, saying something over and over again in one moment would be fine if you're looking or just one like one time would be good if you're looking for short-term memory but if you want long-term memory using repetition like over multiple days is definitely going to help you. So going over flashcards, like one afternoon, memorizing all that, you're going to memorize it short term and you'll be able to take that test in a few hours. But if you want to memorize something for the long term and build it into your long term memory, it's best to say if you have a test on Saturday, it would be more beneficial to you to go over your flashcards like 20 minutes on Monday, 20 minutes on Tuesday and so on and so forth. That is what's going to build the long-term memory and help build those brain connections more, like, stably. Is that a word? Stably? Yes, yes. Okay. Build more stably, and it's going to help you in the long term. So these methods have been proven to help your brain keep information and store it where you might need it later. So I hope this helps some people. If you don't have a photographic memory, and if you do, well, good for you. Um, just... It, it spread wait, the word. Wait, what did you just say? I don't have a photographic memory. I don't... For, I don't. Okay. All right. That's the weekly dosage. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. That's all for now. Stay tuned and remember, take those vitamins. Drink that water. Touch that grass. And most importantly, don't forget your, your weekly, weekly dosage. dosage.